Anyway, Psalm 78. We're going to look at two passages here this morning. Um, actually, one for, uh, a, a few verses from the book of Psalms, and then um, we're going to go forward a couple of books to the book of uh, Jeremiah. We're going to look at just one verse from the book of Jeremiah, which is going to really function as a preaching text this morning. Now, in light of the public professions of faith, I want to read from Psalm 78 which is a beautiful passage that revolves around the theme of what we call covenant succession. Okay, that's the, the passing on of the baton of faith from generation to generation. I want to draw your attention. Psalm 78, if you have your, uh, if you have your Bibles with you, we are working from the English Standard Version here. So you might have a different translation. Also, you can go on your devices as well, and the passage is on the overhead too. So let's draw our attention. Psalm 78, give ear, O my people, to my teaching. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. I open my mouth in a parable. And I will utter dark sayings from of old, things we have heard and known and that our fathers have told us. We will not hide them from their children, but tell the coming generation the glorious deeds of the Lord and his might and the wonders he has done. Now, I want to draw your attention to verse 2, where the psalmist says, I will open my mouth in a parable and I will utter dark sayings from of old. So what he's, what he's doing is he's reaching back in time to, to fundamental truths that God's people have embraced for generations. And he goes on to say, these are things that we have heard and known and our fathers have told us and we're not going to hide them from our kids. We're not going to hide them from our children. Okay. Now, with that in mind, I want to draw your attention to Jeremiah chapter 6. I want to read just uh, verse 16, where we read, Thus says the Lord, stand by the roads and look and ask for the ancient paths where the good way is and walk in it and find rest for your souls. I read that. What I'd like us to do at this point as the body of Christ, it is good to confess words together. And I want us to do that. I want us to look up at the overhead, take a look at Jeremiah 6, verse 16. Join me if you would. Let's say it together. Thus says the Lord, stand by the roads and look and ask for the ancient paths where the good way is and walk in it and find rest for your souls. Ask for the ancient paths. Ask for the ancient roads. Don't ask for the new. Don't ask for the innovative though we need to bear in mind what's going on in the world so that we might be able to speak the truth of the word of God to the world. So the Bible's not asking us to be ignorant of new ideas and how the Holy Spirit continues to work in the church, refining the truth. But here in this text, it also says, but don't forget about the ancient paths, the ancient roads. The word ancient here in the Hebrew language is actually the word olam which in other contexts can be rendered as everlasting or eternal. And in this case, in this context, it's just referring to that which has been around for a while, that which is old, that which is worn and tested and proven to be the good way, as the text puts it, the ancient paths, the ancient paths. I think sometimes uh, people on the outside, they, they maybe look at Pathway and go, oh, you're just into the innovative. We're into the ancient. In fact, the church in the best of times never forgets the past. 
never forgets what has gone on before. We have to admit that because that's what the Bible tells us to do. We need to actually ask for, not just look for, but we need to ask. We need to ask for the ancient paths. So what I want to do here this morning is, um, in light of the professions of faith, though preaching is for everyone, young and old, I want to focus this text and the preaching of this text especially among those who are what we call the generation Ys and Zs, that is the, the millennials and the generation Zs, which are usually around ages 15 to 25, maybe late 20s, so especially those in your teens and 20s, I want you to listen up. Because you are at a stage in your life where you are trying to discover your way, where you're trying to find your way in the world and the kind of paths that you're going to walk in the world. And there are many paths, as we're going to see from this text. Many paths you can walk. But as you seek those paths and you want to walk those paths, what our text is telling us is don't discard your heritage. Don't discard the, 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 the ancient paths. And why is that? Because the text of Scripture this morning tells you because that's where the good way is. That's where the living way is. And that's the way that as you follow the path is going to, in a world of chaos and anxiety, is going to bring you to a resting place. Okay? Now, when you take a look very quickly for the sake of time, when you look at the historical context here, it happens during the days that we call the prophet Jeremiah. And during the days of the prophet Jeremiah, the people of God, our spiritual ancestors, were not walking in the ancient paths. What they were doing is they were, they were more and more turning their backs to God and they were following what we call side roads that were, if, you keep follow, if, they, were, if they would keep following those side paths, would actually lead them to the edge of a cliff. And the worst thing about it is that they had prophets among them who were not telling them the right way they had certain prophets who were not sent by the Lord, but these are prophets that brought upon themselves the responsibilities to speak to God, who had turned their backs on God. And, the, and, the, and these prophets were, according to the context of Jeremiah 16, they were, um, they were treating the wounds of the people, the self-inflicted wounds of the people. They were treating them lightly, the Bible says. And they were saying, you know what, everything's good. You don't have to worry about it. The Lord's going to be good, you know. But there was one prophet... And that was Jeremiah. And he's known as the weeping prophet. And the reason why he's the weeping prophet is because he's got the hard task of telling the people not what they want to hear, but what they need to hear. He's the prophet who has the hard task of saying, in contrast to the false prophets, thus says the Lord. And so prophet, uh, the prophet Jeremiah comes to these people and basically what he says is, listen, you got to wake up. And you got to see where you're heading. And where you're heading is leading you either just to a dead end or it's leading you to the edge of a cliff. And you continue to go on, you're going to go over that cliff. And it's going to be to your own destruction. So what you need to do is you need to understand this and you need to look for and you need to ask for the ancient paths, he says. The ancient paths. And why is that? Because as the text says, that's where the good way is. And that good way will lead you to rest. So he's the, this weeping prophet's crying out to his people, please, please don't destroy yourselves. Turn to the Lord and turn to those ancient paths. Now I want you to look closely at the wording of uh, uh, verse 16. 
Yeah, we'll just keep the passage up there during the sermon. Do you look closely at the words of verse 16? And, and if, you take, if, if, if you look at those words, what you see actually in the text is that there's actually two kinds of roads that are presented. You have, you have roads that are part of what we call a complex road system. And then you got a, you got a single road, the right road, the good road. So I, wanna, I want you to take a look up here at verse 16, and I'm going to read it according to the Hebrew. Verse 16, thus says the Lord, stand by the roads and look and ask for the road, the ancient road. A couple things there. What you find in the original language is that the first time roads are mentioned, this multiple road system that comes in the plural, but when you take a look at the second road, the ancient road that comes in the singular, telling us there's just one right road amongst all these other roads that are part of this complex road system. And though you find the words paths and roads is basically the same word in the original language, the Hebrew derek could be translated path or road, but for our sake what we're going to do is we're just going to focus on the road. And that word, it, it literally says not just, you know, ask for the ancient roads, it's actually ask for the road, and then it repeats itself to get it, get it into our heads. Ask for the road, the 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 ancient road. Follow that one. Now, we do quickly with the historical context and some of the wording of the, uh, of the text itself. I want to step back from this for just a moment. I want to talk to those, especially, again, those of you who say between the, the 15 and 25 year, uh, yeah, year range. Okay, And... The, the, the passage begins by talking about these, these various side roads that are out in the world. And there are many. There are many. And the side roads, if you think about and reflect on it, these are, these, are, these are paths that you can take in life, and they are roads that present certain perspectives, certain ways of looking at the world. Uh, the term that, we, that, that, that technical people use is social imaginaries. We, a lot of us are familiar with the word worldview, the way of looking at the world, certain perspectives which, which these roads provide for you to embrace. Um, they, oftentimes there's movements and connections with these world, with connect, in connection with these worldviews. And so all of that is contained in the side roads. And so because you're between, let's say, 15 and 25 or 30, let's say, you're at that stage of life where these are years of discovery, these are exploratory years. And for those of us who are middle-aged or older, we remember those days, right? I mean, think about when you were 18 or 20 and think about what you were like. You were launching in life, you're wondering what paths to take. And you see these various side roads, and for some of us, we followed those side roads for a while, and they led us in various directions. And the thing with these side roads is we, we, we walk on them for a time, but... but but when you live in this world, what you realize is that these side roads only last for kind of a, as, as time goes very quickly, these side roads last for kind of a short amount of time. Movements for a short amount of time and worldviews for a short amount of time. And they, they, are, they are popular to us. But what happens over time and very quickly is that these roads develop potholes and they become rough. And so what happens is that our culture builds other side roads that also promise the world. So every time you go to these side roads, you are promised just a, 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 a beautiful, beautiful destination if you, if you take it to the end. So the question is, 
that you have to face, that we all have to face, is this. Do these side roads actually fulfill what they promise and bring us to a beautiful destination, or is it just a bunch of bunk? Is it just one big fat lie? Or to put it another way, do these side roads actually take us to the beaches of Hawaii, or do they bring us to just a stinking garbage heap? I want you to think about where the side roads have taken us as a culture. Over the past, oh, let's even say just 10 to 15 years. Those of you who are younger, I don't know if you really realize that, but for for those of us who are middle-aged and older, life always went by very, very quickly, and the changes went by, we would say, pretty, pretty quickly. But as time goes on, especially because of technological advances, our world is changing at such a rapid space that it's making our heads spin. And for those of us who are older, we're kind of like, what, what in the world is going on? And where, where is our world heading? I mean, for a lot of us here, we didn't even, for those of us who are middle-aged and old, we didn't even grow up with anything called social media or the internet and all of that. I mean, but now it's just coming to us full bore. And I want you to think where the side roads have taken us and what our world is like. One final thing. Um, I want you to use your imagination this morning. I'll try to be relatively brief with this. Let's say, let's say you're around 18 to 22 years old. And, and, and just imagine this. Imagine you go back in time. Let's imagine you go back to the year 1953. You're going back 70 years. And let's say that you are asked, as a person who's gone back in time, you are asked to speak to a large gathering of people, maybe five, 600 people, 1953, at a large Ontario church. Let's just even say it's a Canadian Reformed church, and it's filled with, with post-war immigrants. And that place is packed out. And try to imagine the clothes that they're wearing. These are people trying to learn the language of a new land, trying to learn the culture and all of that. And let's say you get up to the point, say it's a Friday night, you get up to this podium like this one here, and you have a large microphone, and you are addressing these people in this newly built, very large church. And you begin to speak to them about what it's like and what the world is like in, in, this, in this year, 2023. And you begin by describing the reality of government-sanctioned same-sex marriage and abortions, and transgenderism, and drag shows, and mixed pronouns, and so forth, the details of which I will not get into here for the sake of our younger years, for those of here younger. But you bring these things to the people, and you bring them in great detail. And then you go on to say this. In 2023, many people will simply question what it means to be a human being. What what does it mean to be human? What is sex? What is gender? What is biology? The occult will be increasingly popular, you tell the crowd. Pornography will be available at the click of a button. Unsurprisingly, pornography addiction will claim its thousands, indeed its millions, around the world. Hard drug use and homelessness will be prevalent in many larger cities. Kidnapping and trafficking of young children will grow. Anxiety will skyrocket. And this just scratches the surface, you say. I have not even mentioned the technological advances that will blow your mind and feed into these very things. And then finally you say this. People between the ages of 15 and 25 will become extremely cynical and despondent and many of them will register as religious nuns. 
Not nuns, Roman Catholic nuns. I'm talking about religious nothings. And these are younger individuals that will not be so much formal atheists where they say, I do not believe in God, but they will be what we call functional atheists. Where they say, you know what, whether there's a God or not, it doesn't really matter to me. I'm indifferent to the matter. That is growing. So what you find in our culture, one final thing is this. You find conservative elements, both theologically and politically, moving in this direction. You find more progressive elements, theologically and politically, moving in this direction. And then what you find is what, what, what uh, cultural analysts call the squishy middle that is filled with 15 to 25 year olds, the Gen Y and the Gen Zs, who are the religious nuns. And that is growing exponentially in this country. Now, with that having been said, you bring that all before the crowd of 1953, the age of Christendom. Not to say that everybody is a Christian, but still the Judeo-Christian ethic is very much at play in society. How do you think the people, those post-war immigrants of 1953, are gonna deal with what you just said? I think for a lot of them, they would simply have a difficult time absorbing it, or probably they would be left with incredulity. That is, they would have a hard time even believing what you're saying. The reason why I take a little bit of time with this is because this is what Jeremiah Cole's The Side Roads. The Side Roads. He mentions that a little bit later on where he talks about the people and their idolatrous ways and they became enculturated. They became worse than the nations around them. And, and the Bible says this, the idols made them stumble in their ways. It made them stumble in the ancient roads so that they walked on the side roads, not the highway. And if you take a look at these side roads, you know, when you take a look at the road, right, you have an asphalt road and you got about that much asphalt or however thick it is and underneath you have a pretty hard foundation, right? And that hard foundation is what we call a post-Christian foundation. So from 1953, we moved from a Christendom context to a post-Christian context. And for those of you here who are 15 to 25, man, that is the world that you're living in. That's the soup that you're swimming in. And these side roads, again, they all promise the world. And with these side roads, they're here and they're where and they're, they're here and there and everywhere. And you know what? They all lead to the same destination. You know where that destination is? That destination is captured by one Hebrew word that the writer of Ecclesiastes uses. And it's the word hebel. It brings you to vanity. It brings you to emptiness, to restlessness, to dissolution. That is to breakdown and ultimately to death. That's where our society is going. Not to life, but to breakdown and death. And all you have to do as a historian is look at the Roman Empire and you look at the Greek Empire before that and all the things that fed into the decline and they are all happening in this nation. Now, if that is true as we move on, if that is really true, then where, where do we go? Where do we go? Amidst all these side roads that we may take for a while, and again, going back to the text, the text says what you need to do is you need to look for that single road, the ancient road, Olam road, and you need to ask for that, and once you find it, you need to walk in it, and the reason why you need to walk in it, because that's not where the bad way is, that's where the good way is, it says. That's the way of flourishing, that's the way of health, and it leads you ultimately, as the text says, to a resting place.
a less arresting place. You say, okay, well, what is that ancient road? What is that? Because when you look at Jeremiah, when you look at the text itself, and you look at the context, it doesn't tell us, it doesn't define it. But when you look at the ancient road from the Bible as a whole, you know what the ancient road is? Young folks, look up here. This is the way it is. This is the ancient road. Oh man, you're just a Bible thumper. Some kind of fundamentalist. That's what the world would say. No, 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 no. Come on. This is the ancient road. You know what this is? You know what this contains? It contains a true story of the world. Amidst a world of false narratives. It's a true story of the world. It's a story that is embodied in this simple scheme of creation and fall and redemption and consummation. In other words, this world is not just a result of evolutionary processes that take place over time plus chance. God created this world, and therefore this world has purpose. This world has meaning. But this world is not the way it is. Why? Because there was a fall into sin and into depravity. It explains everything that we see in our world. But God did not give up on this world. But God sent his son into this world to redeem his people and to start restoring this world. And we all have that opportunity to look forward. And this is where the hope of the Christian faith lies. That one day when Jesus returns, this world as we know it today will be no more. All crying and mourning and pain will be done away with. And a new world will emerge, what we call the new creation, the new heavens and the earth, new earth. And there we will find shalom, peace and health and blessing. True story of the world. What is the ancient road? The ancient road is the true story of the world contained in the Bible. The true road is the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. The true road is the creational and moral laws of God that he has put forth in his word, so that world, so that every time you try to live outside of those creational moral laws, you get burned every time. Finally, the ancient road is Jesus. It's Jesus himself who said, I am the way, see the path. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Ultimately, this ancient road, if we choose to walk it, leads finally to what we call a resting place. And again, that rest is ultimately found in Jesus, where Jesus gives this most tender invitation of the Bible. He says, come unto me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you what? I'll give you rest. I'll give you rest. We have yet to celebrate the Lord's Supper, so I leave you with this. What road are you traveling on right now? Maybe you're a guest here this morning, first time you've been at Pathway, and maybe for some reason you may grew up in a broken family or didn't grow up in a church context, but you are here. You are here. What road are you traveling on right now? Where is it leading you? Is it a road that leads home? Is it a road that leads home? Or is it a road that is leaving you empty, far from God? Is it a road that leads to the Father's house, or is it a road that the prodigal son took in the Bible that led him where, ultimately? Led him to a pigsty. 
until he came to his senses and said, I can't do this anymore, and he returned to his father's house. What road are you traveling on right now? I will tell you this, that there are not every one of us, but a number of us who are middle-aged and who are a bit older, who took those side roads for a while. Yeah, we were exploratory, and we, we, we walked those side roads for a while. But you know what it left us with? It left, left us with a lot of blisters on our feet, and it left us with a lot of bad memories and put us in a bad place. But by the grace of God, he touched our lives, he changed our hearts, and we started to, to do what the prophet Jeremiah says here. We started to walk on that ancient road, and we found out that that was the good way and led us to a resting place. It led us to Jesus, it led us back into the church, it led us eventually here to this place called Pathway Christian Church, and ultimately, ultimately, the resting place is found here this morning in what we call the Lord's Supper. For it is here where we get to see the gospel. Not just here, but we get to see it. And what is that good news gospel? It's that Jesus Christ has came into the world to pay for the sins of those who walk those side roads and for those who trust themselves to him by repentance and faith. They have the good way. They have a life of flourishing. And most of all, they have eternal life. My friends, all of that is embodied right here in the table that we're going to celebrate in just a moment. Before we do, please join me, if you would, in prayer. Oh, Lord God, you know our natural tendency. And it's not necessarily to walk in the ancient path but to walk those side roads. And there are many in this world, O Lord, and they beckon to us. Get in and drive. Get in and drive. O God, we pray. We pray especially for those of us who are younger. O God, help us us to see the beauty, the beauty of the ancient road, a well-worn road, a road that has been tested and proven to be the way of goodness and beauty and flourishing. Oh, Father, we pray for that. Bring us your spirit and fill us with your spirit to the end that we may walk that road together. And Father, we thank you so much that now we may come to the table that points us to the end of our destination as the rest that is found in Jesus Christ. We're so thankful now that, that Micaiah and Layla and Parker can also join us in this beautiful supper. God bless us, Lord, as we partake of the elements we ask in Jesus' name. Amen.